0: Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, Marketing and Mindset Coach Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business, and shine neon bright online. I built a multi six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I have got an incredible guest for you today, and I am so excited for you to listen into this conversation. I am chatting with Julie Parker. Now, if you don't know who Julie Parker is, let me give you a little bit of an intro before we dive in. She is the founder of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, where she passionately trains heart-centered people to become life coaches. She is also the co-founder of Priestess Temple School, a global movement devoted to uplifting modern day priestesses as they explore sacred leadership and service in the 21st century. She is committed to contributing to a world where presence, healing, and social justice are honored. And Julie's inspired thousands of people as an in-demand speaker, sacred circle holder, priestess, and flower essence practitioner And is the recipient of numerous leadership and women's awards. I trained with the Beautiful You Coaching Academy back in 2017, which was the start of my business journey. My relationship with Julie has transformed in many ways since then. I went on to be the social media and marketing manager for the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, When I transitioned out of my corporate job and am now a very proud life coach trainer for the Academy. For the last three years, Julie's been a mentor to me, a really dear friend, and has become somebody that I consider to be family. I really wanted to have a conversation with her for you about building a seven figure business and how her mindset, marketing, and strategy have evolved. During the lifetime of her business, there is so much value in this episode. So grab a cup of tea, juice, or a wine. I hope you love it. I would really love for us to start by talking about mindset, specifically the challenges or the blocks that you experienced when you were first starting out in online business 18 years ago. And then how those blocks or challenges have morphed and shifted over the past 18 years, and maybe what they look like now, obviously being the founder of a seven-figure coaching academy. Can you talk us through some of that?
1: Well, my goodness, Ellie, that is a big journey to talk about, and it really does cast my memory back uh, a long time ago, but it's always so lovely, I think, to think back to the start of your journey and where you began, because... When I think about the biggest mindset issue that I was probably facing when I started business in the online realm as a coach all those years ago, a lot of it was actually very externalized and I was quite worried about what other people thought of me and would anybody understand what it was that I was actually doing and would anybody take me seriously Because this was back in a time when very little was known about coaching. It was certainly not the industry that it is now. And I was somewhat worried that people was going to think that I was a joke that I didn't know what I was doing, that they were going to think I was a charlatan of some sort. And obviously that was all very much stemming from my own thoughts and lacking in belief around myself and what it was that I was doing. So that was the first thing that I really needed to move through. And then over the years, You know, mindset wobbles, gremlins, issues that have popped up for me, I don't necessarily think have really been that different than it would be for anybody else. Uh, I think it's just sometimes helpful to know that we all experience them in some form or another. You know, the next biggest hurdle I think probably came when I started the academy, which was you know, going into uh, seven years ago when I first started writing the Beautiful You Life Coaching course and moving in that direction, uh, what happened there was a version of the same thing, except at a different level, you know, new level, new devil sort of thing. It was once again, are people going to take me seriously? Is this going to work? Am I going to be seen as a fraud? So some imposter complex things in there. There were no women-led, female-led coaching schools at that time, specifically in that realm all those years ago. And so... It was once again a sign to me that often when my mindset begins to wobble, it's when I start to externalize things and when I start to worry about what other people are thinking of me. And so my mindset journey, the biggest lesson that I've learned in relation to that is as soon as I start to do that, I know that I'm being called inwards in some way and being called to look at myself deeper because I'm attempting, or my ego, I should say, is attempting to blame or shift the perspective onto others rather than me taking a good look at me.
0: Yes. I really love that you said that you recognize that your mindset challenges are essentially the same, but at a different level, because that's something that I absolutely see with my clients is that we think that because we're going to these new places in our business that we haven't been to before, for example, you know, reaching a new income bracket or working with more clients than we ever have, that we're going to experience these new mindset wobbles. But more often than not, I absolutely find that both for myself and my clients, it's the same wobbles, just with, I guess, a different pretty picture, you know, a different uh, external reality. So, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah,
1: I think you're absolutely right, Ellie. And that's popped up for me in other ways as well too, even when it comes to thinking about when I started to earn more money. You know, when I was uh, young and a little girl, I was raised by a single mother. We did not have a lot of money. In fact, we really were, you know, just sort of borderline below or around the poverty mark. And so when I first started to earn a lot of money in my business, it was very interesting to me that one of the mindset wobbles, so to speak, that I had around that was, what are my family going to think of me? How am I going to justify the purchasing of this new jacket or share on Instagram that my husband and I have been to this nice restaurant or that we've gone on an overseas holiday Uh, You know, I remember the first time that I ever flew business class, I cried for the first 90 minutes of the trip because I literally couldn't believe that it was happening and I felt somewhat uh, worried about sharing that with my mum you know, worried what she would think. It was, of course, very silly because she was thrilled for me and absolutely happy and all of those sorts of things. But once again, it was just, you know, there it was reflected back to me again. Mindset stuff for me, again, just being concerned about what other people think, which was a sign that I wasn't paying enough attention to me and the work I needed to do.
0: And is there anything in relation to money now with you know, doing things like that, go, you know, flying business class or um, going to the beautiful restaurant, which obviously we're not doing a lot of right now because we are in COVID times. <laughs> but in in usual times, how do you reconcile that now? Has that changed for you? Is there any practice that you've committed to that's helped you to move through any of those feelings?
1: Oh, look, I could be... Fancy Ellie and tell you that there is, but there really isn't. I think I just honestly and genuinely came to the conclusion that, first of all, it's nobody else's business but mine, and that I needed to just have the courage to earn what I earn and own what I own within that space and understand that there would always be critics and detractors. But I think that this also comes down to the fact that as I've gotten older as well to just really recognise, as cliche as it sounds, that life is short and tomorrow is promised to none of us and therefore anything that we are blessed with, that we have earned, that we own, that we've bought into our own field, if we don't have the, the courage and the belief to actually get our fingers in there and really, really work with that and enjoy it, and revel in it, then nobody else is going to do it for us. And therefore, it's just going to sit there. And so what's the point? (laughs) That's what it all comes down to.
0: You know, it's interesting because what you just shared there, so much of that is awareness. And so much of that is beautiful awareness and understanding of recognizing what came up for you and obviously knowing you as I do I know that you are such a master of this but recognizing those feelings or those thoughts or those fears bringing them into your conscious awareness and then in doing so you're able to see clearly and you're able to see that you know there isn't a truth there it is it is just maybe your ego talking or other people's perceptions aren't important and so, even just hear you speaking through that process. I think there's so much to be said for conscious awareness of your thoughts in those moments and knowing that the more aware you are when it comes to mindset work, often it really is just just that and doing that again and again and again. And as you do so, you'll continue to reframe and come back to what your truth
1: is. 100%. I could not have put that better myself. It is just a constant evolving process of awareness. What's going on here? You know, what is actually taking place here and what is the lesson in it for me? What am I being called to do here to shift, to change, to up level with, to look at a different way, to learn from? All of those things. And the more that we can do that for ourselves as a human being, the more that we will grow and evolve. And the more we grow and evolve, what was an issue or a problem for us yesterday or last week or last year will no longer be that.
0: I really want to switch gears a little bit now and talk about strategy, specifically strategy in terms of how you created the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, which you are now founder of. And so I know that when you created that academy, it was really born out of a a desire to be able to serve in a bigger way because at the time you were, did you have an eight month or a nine month
1: wait list for people to work with you at the time? Oh, look, it fluctuated a little bit between, you know, sort of like around (laughs) about six and eight months. Yes, but it had, had, which is a lovely issue and a problem to have when you're a coach working with people one-on-one, but it was unmanageable. It was it was unmanageable, could not manage it in the way that it was currently. And this was before the time when a lot of group programs were really happening. They were around, but not necessarily really common. So I had to do something because it wasn't going to be sustainable.
0: And so when you got to that point, who did you hire to support you or who did you turn to? Because essentially, and you probably, well, I'd love to know if you had any awareness around this at the time that it was going to become what it was or what it now is. You know, I think 1,600 people that we've had through the academy now. So at the time, who was supporting you? Who did you hire as a sounding board? Who did you have on your team, so to speak, to help you move through that transition? And I'd just love for you to to take us back to what that looked like for you.
1: Yeah, this is a really wonderful question and it does it does certainly cast my mind back to a very pivotal and important time in my life. The only person that I had on my team at that time was a, a contracted VA who was assisting me uh, to manage some online things and also with clients as well. So one could hardly call that a team. It was me and a a wonderful person to assist. But when I first started having the idea of shifting from one-on-one coaching, so many coaches, I was business coaching coaches by that stage, to looking at a a group program and in particular, you know, a life coaching program, because that's what most people were coming to me For, you know, wanting to know about the way that I was working with people that was getting the results that it was. I knew that I needed to hire someone that I felt at the time was very much more experienced and probably older than I was. Somebody that had been around even longer than me. (laughs) And that was not necessarily an easy person to find. But at the same time, I think I always knew. Who it would be. And it was a wonderful coach, and she is still very much coaching today uh, by the name of Kate James. And Kate has been coaching for 20 years, so even longer than me at 18 years. She was very much at the forefront of the coaching industry here in Australia. She's now an incredibly successful best selling author as well. She's a speaker, a mindfulness and meditation teacher. And I just knew from what I could see of Kate online and I'd heard her speak once before that she was going to be the calm, older, wise woman that I really needed to support me at a time where I felt a bit out of control. Good things were happening, but I also felt like I wasn't really in control of the steering wheel. Like I was a bit all over the shop and it turned out to be An absolutely excellent and wonderful decision. And it was Kate that really coached me through that transition time of of taking my business from that one-on-one model into the birthing of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy. And so she was and always will be a very, very pivotal person in the landscape of my life and business, just as I know, Ellie, that you will be for many people too in the work that you now do.
0: Thank you for saying so. Well, we can only hope, right? I know that in terms of our values, it's very much about service. You know, that's the reason this podcast exists. That's the reason I show up and do what I do every day and I I know that it's the same for you. That's actually a really beautiful segue into values and because when we are talking about business and as you know, Jules, you're such a dear friend and mentor to me. And something that I've learned so much from you over the years is witnessing you lead in such a heart-centered way and not making business bad. And I think that especially in the spiritual space, there can be a lot of demonizing business, demonizing profit, demonizing anything to do with creating a business. So I'd really just love to talk about values and in relation to business and what values you've built the company on and what values continue to steer the ship for you.
1: Well, we have seven values or core principles that are important to us at the academy and they have been in existence with us since day one and they've not changed. And when I look at them now, I don't imagine that they ever will or I certainly don't feel that way now. I mean, you can never know into the future, but right now they still feel as relevant to me from seven years ago Uh, Before the website went live for the very first time as they do right now, seven years later. And so those values are, first of all, we value people, which seems like a really odd thing to say. Well, of course we must. But when we say that, or when I say that from my perspective, what that means is that we're really trying to cultivate relationships with people that signify that we only want the very best For every person that we coach or train or work with or who comes into some kind of meaningful contact with our business in some way. And so that from there stems issues such as respect, positive communication and regard and so much more. The second value that we have is around authenticity. This is now a word that is used a great deal more in the online world and space than it was when we first started sharing thoughts and concepts around it all that time ago. I know that some people feel now that it's a bit overused. I don't. I happen to think that it stems from a belief that we have that the more that you are yourself – The more that you honor yourself and work on yourself, just like all that mindset stuff that we've just been talking about, the more that you will find the right people for you, the more that you will attract the right clients into your business, and the more that you'll be able to shine as the person that you are most meant to be. Not a version of anybody else, but a version of you. The next value that we have is around beauty, which some people might find a little bit odd. But this also happens to be a personal value of mine. And this is both an internal and external value. So we believe that there is beauty inherent in every person, hence Beautiful You Coaching Academy. And we also believe in creating beauty. So we very much try with our brand to create a, a look and a feel and touch points that feel beautiful. And to create beautiful moments. We're all about our coaches creating beautiful, stunning moments for themselves and their clients as well. The next value that we have is around diversity. And very much sending a message and doing and believing that people of all ages, cultural backgrounds, gender identities, religions and more are welcome into our work. And that we play a role in needing to, in particular, diversify the coaching profession because it's very white and shouldn't be. You know, the impression that it gives is that uh, people who are black, brown, indigenous or people of color really are not interested in the coaching industry or personal development industry when that is, in fact, not true at all but that the systems of oppression that are so dominant in the world right now through the patriarchy, white supremacy, capitalism, and more present that. And we don't want to be a part of upholding those systems. We want to break them down. And we want to be a part of diversifying the industry as much as we can. And the last three, Ellie, are we value learning, obviously, because the core of what we do is a course. And We want to encourage a value in people to be lifelong learners, to have a beginner's mind, to strive to be open to new and innovative and productive ways of working and thinking about the way that they go about their work. And that's only possible if you're open to new learning all the time. And the last two are we value leadership. So we want to embrace being leaders in this industry and also encourage everybody else to be a leader in their own life and their own business as a coach. And the final one, which is really important, is passion. Basically, if it doesn't light us up, we don't do it. Because none of us as coaches in this industry can expect our clients to be passionate about us And want to work with us if we're not passionate about us and what we do too. So those are the seven values that have been the cornerstone of Beautiful You since the very beginning. And they still absolutely feel so relevant to me today.
0: Well, I love how timeless they are and... you probably didn't realize when you were creating them just how timeless they would be. No. When you look back on them now, do, do you kind of go, oh, wow, I'm really patting my past self on
1: the back for that? <laughs> I don't, but I'm glad be- that they feel well, so relevant. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you know what? I'm also not afraid of changing them if they ever needed to be changed because I think we've got to be flexible and we've got to be open and explore new things as business owners all the time. But there is something very lovely about the fact that they still feel so relevant from all those years ago.
0: Jules, what is it that drives you every day? And maybe this has shifted over the years. I don't know. I'd love to know. What is it that gets you out of bed in the morning?
1: oh my gosh, what a big question this is. And you know, on any given day, Ellie, if someone was to ask me this question, I may give them a different answer. It's one of those questions that's so big and so rich and beautiful that it could just depend upon how I'm feeling at any given time or what's happening in my life or business. But I'm going to go with the very first word that intuitively came into my head as soon as you asked me that question, and that is connection. I think that that is an enormous driving part of what contributes and lights me up about what it is that I do. So connection to myself, how can I both relax into being who I am right now and connect with myself on a deeper soul level? But also how can I keep connecting in with myself to know that I have the right and hopefully always the desire to evolve and grow and change and be better all the time without being on a hamster wheel? Like to do that soulfully and reverently without hustling, all of that sort of thing. But also how can my work inspire that connection deeper within people for themselves, but also connecting with me and with each other as well. And I think that that's been, for me, without question, the richest and most wonderful thing that has come out of the establishment of the Beautiful You Coaching Academy is the community and is the connection And connections that are occurring right now, and I know will continue to do so into the future because I see those connections having such a huge impact on people's lives and businesses, not just for their clients, but between fellow coaches and business owners. And they're absolutely the things that just light me up so, so much. You know, I don't think that many people realize that sometimes when I see pictures of two coaches that might have trained with us like five years ago and there they are having a coffee and I see them together on a little Insta story. It always pings my heart and I think, wow, that's amazing that you took this course all those years ago and you connected with one another at that time and here you are years later still leaning into each other for connection and support. And that's a beautiful thing because we're not meant to do this thing called life and business on our own. So for me today, the answer to that question is connection.
0: When I think about what I'm proud of as a trainer of Beautiful You, I would say it's also that, you know, the community is like nothing else. And I know we've talked about it on numerous occasions, especially when I was, you know, doing the social media about how we could always, I, I guess, foster that is is the first word that comes to mind. But that's actually wrong. It's more how can we celebrate that? So how can we how can we really honor that and continue to celebrate that and then share that? And so much of that is has always been done through Beautiful You, like celebrating. Hey, we see you. We know you're coming together, and we love that because the Beautiful You Coaching Academy isn't about one person or a team, it's about this entire community. And so I really love that that is woven through everything you've done as this business has has grown and evolved. How do you measure success? Maybe I'm asking you that in relation to the company. Maybe I'm asking you that in relation to you personally,
1: how do you measure success in your life you know this is one of those questions where my answer is always the same unlike the previous question where I feel like it's a little bit fluid this one is always the same success for me means being able to spend my time in whatever way I want that is what success means to me me getting to do every single day what it is that I most desire and want to do and if I get to do that which of course must involve an element of financial gain you know got to earn money can't just sort of wake up and read a book every day (laughs) then that's success to me and then That success in relation to doing what I do and loving what I do in the way that I earn money then allows me to experience more success for when I'm holidaying or traveling or not working in some way and doing the things that I want to do there. So that's what success is to me, Ellie, is doing what I want to do and having conscious choice around that, which also then means not doing what I don't want to do. Because there are many things in this business that I don't want to do. And therefore, I have to make sure that I continue to earn money to pay people who are much better at doing those things than me. So I'm talking about things in relation to tech and all that sort of stuff. It's not my jam. It's not It's not what I'm best at. It's not what I want to be focused on. Yeah, that's it. It's that simple. It's just like success is getting to do what I want to do with my time
0: not enough people talk about what they don't do as entrepreneurs, right?
1: So let's just dive into sure. that a teeny bit yeah. more.
0: Can you just give us like a run sheet of all the things you don't do in your life and business? Because I think it's so permission giving.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to share. I don't do anything tech related in the business. I have people that that help me with that. Uh, I do not do frontline customer service. I have a wonderful full-time person on our team that does that because I can't do that and then also serve people as a teacher and trainer out front. I have to get help there. I have extensive help and do not do our social media. I pop in and have a little look-see of what's happening in that space every now and again, but I do not do any of the graphics or the scheduling or the responding responding to people. Uh, so I have assistance with that. I don't do anything in regards to the logistics of our business, so printing, posting, packing. Bow bow. <laughs> No, I don't do anything in relation to that. That is taken care of by someone else in our team. I also don't balance our books. I don't do our bookkeeping. We have a bookkeeper. We have an accountant. I'm very across our numbers and figures. My job is to make the money, but somebody else then manages it in liaison with me, but I don't look at what is then best to do with that. I am the team leader and manager of our staff, but when it comes to things like payroll and all that sort of stuff, someone else does that as well. And so essentially what this comes down to, Ellie, is that I am the teacher, the trainer, and the creatrix of this business. I am the creatrix of it, which means that I'm the person that makes the decisions around the overall look and feel and public interface of what it is that we do. I'm the person that comes up with the ideas and the creativity around that, but then I have help with the execution of that. And so they're basically the two big roles that I play. I'm the the founder, the creatrix, the person that drives the specialness behind what the world sees. And then I'm the lead teacher and trainer that guides people through the beautiful You Life Coaching course. And that's where the more day-to-day work is involved with that teaching and training. And I love it. I absolutely love it.
0: I know you do. Mm.
1: Yeah. And
0: what about in your life? What do you not do in your life. Or you're sneaky so you be-
1: to ask that question <laughs> and clever. You're sneaky and clever to ask that question because well, you, look, know, no, you know the, I just-
0: don't do much. <laughs> well, look, I, just to clarify, I mean, we've talked about this yes. before. I think it's so wonderful to have this conversation. And I know you do too, because for example, you know, there's, there's so many facets of life that we all have as well as our businesses. And it's just so useful to remind ourselves to not be comparing ourselves to other people who, you know, maybe for example, you know, I look at myself and right now I don't have children uh, and I might have, you know, a, a, someone in my mastermind that does. And so I'm, I'm just curious to know what that looks like for you, because I think it will be so of service to so many.
1: Yeah, this is a really great question, Ellie. And I don't think that this aspect of business is spoken about enough because uh, on the flip side of that, I think it's also a lesson that we need to be careful not to make too many assumptions. In fact, we should be careful not to make any assumptions around what it is that we see online online and don't necessarily understand is what may be happening in the day-to-day reality of someone's life. So let me just be really, really clear about this. My husband, Glenn, works in Beautiful You. He draws a salary. Uh, He is a team member, and he is the man that is responsible for all those logistics that I was talking about before. Manuals, printing, Australia Post, a whole variety of different things that he takes care of. He's also liaison with accountant, bookkeeper, payroll, etc. And his role in our business is part time. And that's because he is full time managing our life. He is the person in our partnership who does the overwhelming bulk of the cooking, the cleaning, the paying of bills the house maintenance, and the running and management of our life. And that sort of stuff, as we know, takes an enormous amount of commitment, dedication, and time. It is not something that can be just done every now and again. It's something that requires consistent, ongoing work. And I know that if he was not responsible for that part of our life, which impacts our business enormously, that this business would look very different. And I have absolutely no hesitation in saying that because I would not have been the person that would have been able to dedicate so much of my time, particularly in the early building years to doing what I was doing, knowing that somebody else was taking care of our house, providing me with beautiful food every day, and just managing all of the things that we needed to have managed, allowing me to fully devote myself to the growth of the business. And within that period of time as well, Glenn has a beautiful daughter, my stepdaughter, Sinead. She is now 21 years old, and so she has been a teenager throughout this time, and she's required all the level of love, support, and attention that a father and stepmother can give her, but also not three or not a baby which is a very different scenario for uh, a mum coach out there that is just starting out and has children in those earlier stages. And so she was a lot more independent and able to take care of herself and understood various different things. And so my journey as a business owner has also not involved at any time taking care of a baby or a young child. And so once again, that has allowed me more freedom and more time to be able to devote to the business and make no doubt about it. Basically, the more time that you have to be able to devote to building your business, well, The law of averages says that the more successful, hopefully, that you would be able to make it simply because you have more capacity to give to it.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Jules. I think that is incredibly helpful. And first of all, I also really love what you shared about assumptions there. I think it's really important not to make those. And then I also think you know, when I look at my own um, growth in my business, I think that there were absolutely many times where I did make assumptions probably more from through the lens of comparison and I don't use that word comparison in terms of I was looking at someone else and going oh my gosh they're better than I am but more what attributes do I see in them that I know that I need to cultivate in me to be able to build the business that I want and so I think that as you do that you start to you you start to model based off what other people are doing. And so I think having those background conversations into what life actually looks like is so important because we see Instagram stories every single day. But even if somebody posted the maximum amount of Instagram stories every day that you could post, that would only be 10 minutes of their 24 hours in their day, which is wild when you think about it like Absolutely that.
1: Absolutely it is and yeah we do have to be really really careful about this you know just a little story Ellie I remember many many years ago when I was first coaching there was a, a woman Um, we've since become friends and we're connected with each other and still are all of these years later who was coaching and I often used to see her saying things like sh- she was heavily booked Or she was booked out and she now had a waiting list. And it was very igniting for me. And I was like, what is she doing? You know, that I'm, that what is she doing that she's getting those results? You know, why isn't that happening for me? What's going on here? To cut a long story short, I basically found out that her version of what it meant to be fully booked was completely different to mine and that she had two small children at home and she was only ever seeing her coaching business as something for her at that stage was part-time whereas i was very much looking at my business As something that I was desiring to get to the point to be full time. And so this crazy assumption that I was making about her, that she was a better coach than me, that she was doing better in inverted commas in her business, turns out we were seeing the same number of clients. (laughs) You know, and I was like, oh, and it was such a lesson. It was such a lesson for me to never, ever make assumptions like that ever again. It really was a pivotal turning moment for me. And again, a mindset issue. There it is again, that wobble of externalizing and looking at other people and worrying and wondering what other people are doing. It's been a constant lesson and learning in my life and business. And so you're so right. We can never, ever know. People's interpretation of what things are can be so different to our own. What one person's truth is, is different to ours. What one person gives meaning to can be completely different to our meaning of that same thing. We can only just focus on us. And so, yeah, that was a really big lesson, that one.
0: I don't know whether you've seen this doing the rounds lately, but it's become a bit of a trend that people are posting on stories, uh, the question feature and saying, what assumptions do you have about me?
1: Oh, I haven't seen that, but that's interesting. It is because
0: what I've witnessed just from seeing it play out with other people is that the majority of the assumptions are complete BS. (laughs)
1: This is making me want to do that so I can bu- I can bust some myths. Please
0: do. <laughs> Please do. It's really interesting because from what I've seen so to give an example I I won't say any names but I was looking at one the other day and so often the replies were just really beautiful like you're always really positive or you know you never have any mindset challenges or, and it was like, I'm going to bust that. I'm going to bust that. I'm going to bust that because this is all total BS. And so I think that, you know, the lesson in that is very much that social media can really just create these rose colored glasses and we're all human. We've all got our stuff. We're all moving through things. And, you know, you very much shared that at the start with the mindset challenges that you faced and, and even wove it you know, into what you're sharing just now. Mm. So thank you for doing that. Such
1: a pleasure. So
0: I want to finish up with two questions. You mentioned Glenn before, and I think talking about him being in the business, it would be really remiss of me not to ask this. And that is for anyone who has a partner that's working in their business specifically, which is obviously different to, uh, I mean, there's so many structures when you're working in, Uh, with your romantic partner, your married partner in business, you know Mm. what I mean? Uh, There's so many different structures, but for you, obviously, Glenn has that part-time role within Beautiful You. What advice would you give to anybody who has a similar relationship in their business with their romantic partner?
1: Yeah, well, I think the first thing that is very, very important is that that person must have a defined role within the business. If they do not have a defined role, then basically you're heading into assumption territory around what it is that they either will do or can do or might like to do. In other words, they have to have a position description and a clear role and guidelines And understanding of what it is that they do and what the expectations of the business are for them, just like everybody else. Because if that's not provided to them, welcome to issues and problems. Because basically it means that there are no boundaries. There's no real understanding of what's actually going on. It's just assumption filled around what they will do and that's where I think, you know, issues and problems can arise. Because let's face it, even when a partnership gets married, there's some agreements there. When you get married, when you say your vows to one another, whether you say traditional old-fashioned vows or whether you write completely boutique new ones yourselves, you're making promises to each other. You're making a commitment to each other in life and love. And in many ways... A position description or an understanding in writing that contractual agreement between any people that work in a business or an organization is no different. Basically, it's just, okay, this is our understanding between each other. This is what you do. Is that cool with you or do we need to make some adjustments here? Then everyone's on the same page and understands. I also think it needs to be very clear, but again, this comes back to that role and description. Who do they report to? Who is it that they communicate with or to about either their entire role or aspects of it? And is that you or is that someone else or a mix of things? Because this is where you need to be a little bit careful around your personal and private relationship and your business relationship as well. So for example, I would never, ever describe myself as Glenn's boss or manager, even though from a hierarchical, if you look at the chart as the CEO and founder, if we wanted to get really specific, then I suppose that I am. But that's not how I see it. But here's the thing, it's also not how I really see my relationship with anyone that works in this team. And I think that comes down to communication and values and, you know, all of those sorts of things. But I would never, ever describe myself as that or position myself as that with him. I ask him to do things in the business, but he also asks me for things too. So we're much more, you know, in a partnership In business as we are in life as well and that's because this business is also his business too because while I might have founded it it's now his as well it's ours together he might not play a very public role in it but it's very much his too you know we we have built it together which is exactly what I was talking about before You know, just because he's played a more private role in that does not mean that he's not built this business with as much commitment as I have because he has. And my commitment has been dependent upon his commitment. So, they're probably the two things that I would suggest are really important for people to look at. And to always, my final one is always, always, always know that your personal relationship is more important than your business relationship, always. The personal relationship is the one that must be tended to very, very well if you desire for the business relationship to work well, not the other way around.
0: I love that last point so much. Che and I in our interview, uh, our, our podcast episode that we did, spoke about that. We talked to how it's like, well, if we're not good, then nothing's good. Like our relationship is the centerpiece of our lives, and when that is thriving, everything thrives from that place because we work together as a team. And I, I know you and Glenn very much operate in that same way because I, you know, have the privilege of, of being your friend. And I just think that I think everything you shared there around creating that structure. And, you know, the expectations that the role uh, entails and all of those things is so important. And knowing that at the end of the day, your personal relationship is more important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Final question, Jules, because as somebody who's been in the online space for 18 years, I think that it's something that you're going to have some things to say on this. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) So how have you witnessed the online landscape change over these, you know, nearly two decades? And what advice would you give for anyone who is wanting to stand out in the online space right now?
1: Well, there have been many changes. Uh, I'll start with the two that I think are really positive and amazing and wonderful and one that I struggle with, the biggest shift that I have seen in the online space and world, and in particular, the world that I know most about, and that is coaching, is the emergence and proliferation of women coaches, which was not the case when I first started out. There are now so many more women stepping into spaces as coaches, which is absolutely extraordinary, and I love it so much. And with that, the proliferation of niche coaching and people getting really specific about their skills and talents and gifts and who they serve. And so unlike when I first started out, where basically someone was just a life coach, we now have spirituality coaches and motherhood coaches and health coaches and mindset coaches and so many other things, which is, I think, amazing and wonderful and very necessary. The big shift that I've seen that I don't love is the proliferation of marketing that has come about towards coaches in particular with a driving message behind it that building a coaching business is something that is easy, is something that can be hacked Is something that can be shortcutted in some way and so we're seeing a lot more which never used to be around in make myself sound really old here when I say my day it never used (laughs) to be around in the early days where it was deeply understood that this was something that was going to take time this was something that was not going to happen overnight you were going to have to work consistently and hard at building that business and getting your clientele up. Whereas now I see so much messaging around, you know, 30 days to 67 clients and, you know, building six figures overnight or in a week and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And it's real and it's very seductive, but it's also very wrong. And in the overwhelming majority, if not all instances, um, is also untrue. But because it presses a pain point for a lot of people, it can be very successful. Whereas I still believe everything that I believed 18 years ago, and that that is that wonderful, foundational, successful coaching businesses and online businesses take a long time to establish and grow and build if they're going to have good, solid foundations underneath them. And what that may look like for everyone is different. For some pers- some people, it might be one or two years. For some people, it may be more than that. And it's also deeply dependent upon all the things we were talking about before, Ellie, in relation to how much time they can give to the business, whether or not they have children, whether they have the level of support at home that I've had. And so much more. How they've started, what sort of industry they've come from. Do they have a wide network of friends and colleagues and contacts and so much more. And in relation to your question about how to stand out online. Oh, gosh, this is just a whole podcast interview in and of itself, isn't it? But I'm just, (laughs) yeah, it is. But, you know, I'm just going to go with an answer that's probably going to frustrate a lot of people but is also my truth, and therefore I can only stick with that. And that is above all else do you, be you. Don't be a cookie-cutter version of someone else that you see. Don't try to emulate Ellie. Don't try to do what you think I would suggest is right for you, even though it doesn't fit and feel right constantly keep calling yourself back into your heart and soul and intuition to do what is right and best for you. Yes, work with the best coaches you can. Find wonderful courses that will assist you in so many different areas and ways and and take on board that advice and use it and learn from people that have been and stepped into where you want to go and where you want to be. But in the end, Make your interpretation of that, just that, an interpretation. Take what you learn and make it yours. Make your own brand. Stand out in the way that you want. Use the language and words that's best and right for you and follow your heart in the direction that only it can take you, that nobody else can. And as long as you do that, your chances of really standing out skyrocket because nobody else can do you. Nobody else can be you. Nobody else can look or sound or connect with anybody else like you. And so as long as you stem from that place, then anything can be possible for you.
0: Julie Parker, I have loved this chat so much. I feel like we have covered a lot of ground and it's been wonderful for me and I hope and I'm sure so wonderful for everyone listening. Thank you so much for being such an incredible human in my life, a dear friend, mentor, someone who I'm constantly learning from. I'm so grateful for you and I'm so thankful that you are here chatting with me today.
1: Ellie, thank you for having me on as a guest. It's an honor and I just send so much love back to you. I am so grateful to have you in my life and consider you a part of my—not just my team, but uh, you know, in business, but my personal team as well. And uh, so much love to you, and hoping that this is so helpful and inspiring for anyone listening. To me.
0: How good was? that. I hope you have just been soaking up everything Julie shared and that you absolutely loved that episode. In fact, why don't you tell me? Come on over and leave me a review and let me know what you thought of this episode. It supports me so much to know exactly what content I can be sharing and creating specifically for you because podcast is for you. So let me know. And while you're at it, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so that you are the first to know when each episode is released every single week. Have an incredible week ahead and I can't wait to see you back here next week, beauty.